This is Noreen Frederick with the Faith in Business podcast. Today's guest is Brent Ludwig. Brent is a realtor with Keller Williams Pinnacle, licensed in Illinois and Missouri. Today, Brent shares why he jumped back into the real estate world after taking years off. He talks about his ministry and how God uses him and the real estate business to help others. And lastly, Brent leaves us with his best advice to those buying a home. Welcome to Faith in Business with Noreen, talking all things faith and business and bringing them together. Here's your host, Noreen Friedrich. This is your first podcast? Yeah? Awesome. Yay. Well, thanks for being here. Bren Ludwig, how's it going? It's going good. Good. Uh, glad to have you today. You're a fellow, fellow realtor. Yep. In the real estate industry, so we've known each other before that, uh, from pretty much from church. Well, and I mean, I think families have have gone back quite a ways, but yeah. yeah and then we both uh, both got into real estate again. That was, we have that in common. We were in it, got out of it, got back into it. So I don't know what we were thinking, but no, mine was a few years <laughs> earlier than your first time. <laughs> yeah. but, but so Brent is with Keller Williams Pinnacle, um, and uh, he is a Christian. Uh, again, that's how I first met you. So tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, yourself. Who are you? Um, and then uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing, you know, I know a little bit of your story about how you got back into real estate, but if you wouldn't mind sharing that for the guests and how God kind of orchestrated that uh, that turn of events for you. Sure. Uh, I'm Brent Ludwig. Lived in Columbia all my life. I've moved once, and it was about a half a mile away from where I was raised, so kind of boring in that way. But uh, I was in real estate in the late 80s, early 90s, when the big crash hit and everybody was dying. And uh, <laughs> the, the first big crash. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, I had somebody offer me full commission sales position, so I just bailed for a paycheck and uh, took that route out. Ironically, I'd given your mother-in-law her first real estate book could get her license when she was cutting my hair. So. Wow. Wow. That a little was, history That's my there. one claim yeah. to fame. A little history. <laughs> I, I helped Linda get her, her first her real it. estate license. But the second time I got back in was uh, I had my own construction and wood, custom woodworking company. And I went uh, went around. My dad got sick. My mom was sick for a long time. And then my dad got sick after helping her and after she had passed away. Dad was always riding me that I needed to lose a little weight. So he was trying to Those pay darn me to, parents pay me to do it. And it $500 wasn't enough. So he got heart issues and he ended up passing away a few years after that. And uh, so I decided that it was time for me to get into better shape. So I started getting in better shape, lost 64 pounds, I believe. Wow. And then got a note from my insurance that they would give me $300 to Amazon. That was going to buy Michelle something with it. But, well, in my head. But <laughs> then she buys what she wants on Amazon. So then I decided to get, if I would go do an uh, health checkup. So I went to a cardiologist because my dad had that issue, and they found something on the EKG. I was in the, uh, had a stress test, and the next morning I had a stent put in because of my main artery in my heart, the Widowmaker, was over 99%. Blocked. Holy cow, right there. What a God thing to kick you into gear and go get checked out. Wow. Yeah. So that, that kicked me and I was, mm. while I was recovering, I couldn't do anything for 10 days after that. So I was just chilling out and just praying and listening to God. And I just felt like I needed to get out of the heavy lifting and hard work and get back into what I loved. And I've always loved real estate. 
it's always been my dream to be in real estate, whether it's owning it, rental properties, and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, very cool. Very cool. That's so that me was in a nutshell. So and what year was that that you got back in to real estate? Nineteen eighteen is when I got my license. Okay. Right, Nineteen. 2018. 2018. I'm 104. <laughs> I knew you said that your first go around was before me, but not not that yeah. far. Not that far, no, Brian. Not, that far. <laughs> not a de- not 100 years. Awesome. And so, uh, obviously, you're still doing it. You're full time. Yes. And I mean, you are you happy? Do you feel like this is where God wants you? Feel like He's using you? And um, yeah. No, I know that's where He wants me because. If we're going to go way back on the way back machine, we have a nonprofit. Some friends of ours started a nonprofit. It's called Extreme Faith. That was back in t- 2001. Uh, I led some youth on a mission trip in New Orleans. And we were walking on the streets, knocking on doors in New Orleans in the worst neighborhood in the country. Statistically, it was true that year. It was the worst neighborhood in the country. So we were knocking on doors, and one of the young kids came up. He's a freshman, and he said, why don't we do this at home? And I said, that's a good question. I said, why don't you find something you're passionate about, and I'll help you do it. So when we got home, it took about three months, and he found a place where we could sleep out on the street with the homeless in the park for one night. Uh, Larry Rice did that one every year. And we did it, got passionate about that, and we started going there every Friday night. And then... Incredible. Yeah, we just kind of bloomed from there. Then we started our own. We did that for... A while, we were doing about 250 meals a week, then we'd go down and feed people. And then that escalated into our own nonprofit where we had a, uh, we have a place down in South City where we bring mission teams in from around the country during the summer, and we help them learn how to do ministry in their own play- homes when they get back. Yeah. So that's kind of always been our passion. We also now work with a lot of refugees as they come into the country. We work with a couple other nonprofits to pick up furniture for them and deliver it to the refugees. And the deliveries is my favorite. Thing. So great. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Because you, you can get in and meet people, yeah. even though you're having to Google Translate everything because you don't, can't speak the language. But usually there's a little kid that can speak the language. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so neat. It's so a blast. Neat. And they always want to feed you. Well, and I love that you, you know, obviously I know you were same area, a lot of, you know, connections were in, were in the real estate industry, but, um, so I know that you just received an award and what I loved about that award that you received through our local board of realtors was that it was commending you and recognizing what you do behind the scenes. You know, I think that's what a lot of people don't know about you. Even, you know, some of the, some of the members that were on the committee, um, voting for this award you know, have known you for years and had no really idea because you're very humble about what you do. Um, it's not that you're not vocal about it because, I mean, obviously there are a lot of people that do know what you do, but uh, you're you're very much not an in-your-face type of person. Oh, yay me, pat me on the back. This is what I do for people all the time. Um, you, you can tell that you truly have a heart and a passion for it and you have for a very long time. And I, I love that about you and so, so many people do, but I, I, I'm glad that you're sharing that because I really don't think a lot of people you know, just in the general public may necessarily know what you do. And, you know, so if, for people that are listening, is there something that, you know, people can do to help or people can do to contribute? Or, I mean, what would you, do you, what would you need for your outreaches? Well, we always do. I mean, we're not really good fundraisers. Me and the 
team that we have are people that we just were doers. So we are all passionate. It's from 2020, 2001 till now, we've never asked for any money from anybody other than like, we'll get grants. We just got a grant. We're building out a, uh, 45 foot long bus to have showers and a commercial kitchen in it. Oh, awesome. So our mission teams, we can go anywhere now. We're wow. trying to work on that right now. If anybody knows how to fix a brake that's frozen <laughs> on a bus, that's what we're dealing with right now this afternoon, trying to get a tire off of a bus. So, wow. but this will go out later. So yeah. we'll probably have it fixed by then. <laughs> well, hopefully. We'll probably have it fixed by then because our teams are start coming uh, first week of June. But yeah. yeah, we're not good fundraisers. We need to get somebody that's a good fundraiser to bring in because we have tons of visions that God's given us yeah. and tons of ideas. And we're just doing it out of our own pockets mostly. Yeah. So, uh, okay. That's, All right. Well, that's so money, people. Bring the money. <laughs> money Show me the money. No. <laughs> or possibly, like with the refugees, we need like gently used furniture. If you're like, that's a good thing I tie in with my. Real estate mm-hmm. is if someone's selling their house and they're like, man, we got to move a bunch of stuff. I always offer up and explain what our nonprofit does to them. And like I said, I'm not a, I'm not in your face kind of person. I'm not that way with my my nonprofit. I'm not that way with my business, and I'm not that way with sharing boldly going into somebody sharing the gospel. Now I don't back down, but I'm not that. Hey, do you know Jesus? I'm not that. I uh, I kind of do my evangelism by my actions. Yeah. And let them see. And I don't I don't shy down from saying what I do and why I do it. Yeah. So and okay. I I work with a lot of clients from different religions and different faith bases. But uh, one of my clients and help them move a bunch out and they're they're from Pakistan so they're Muslim and they're devout Muslims and I'm a devout Christian mm-hmm. and we talk about the similarities. Yeah. Rather than talking about the differences. Yeah. And I think I personally believe that that's a better way to do it because no defenses go up when you start talking about similarities. And then I yeah. have conversations from there. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And I and I think um, I don't think a lot of people realize that there actually is a pretty good amount of similarities, you know, from the Muslim faith to the to, you know to the Christian faith. First four, first few books of the Bible, they're yeah. even, and yes. then they split off, and then they split. Yeah, at Ishmael. Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, I'm obviously my, my family's Muslim. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did not grow up Muslim. I grew up, you know, Catholic, which is a branch of Christianity. But but yeah, I mean I and I and I think it's so important what you said that, that let's not focus on the differences. I mean, even Christians in general can focus on differences and interpretations and, you know, fight over the little things, but to try to just understand someone else and and share like that share the positive things, that share yeah. the, the the common the commonalities and I think, um, I think love's the most important thing. Yeah. If you do anything with love, it kind of breaks off the defense mechanisms. Yeah. So. so you love all your clients, right? Yeah. <laughs> as much as I can. I love them. Sometimes they're very difficult. I've got a couple right now that are difficult, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. And that's why God called you, right? Yeah. Is so that you can you can show the light. And Yeah, I can. I put up with some people more than other agents would. Yeah. I, I absolutely believe that. So is there, um, is that really, what is it about real estate that you think God, you know, really called you back into it for? Is it the relationship? Is it um, obviously, you know, making a living and income is always a plus and great when you're doing, you know, any business. Yeah. But I mean, is there is there kind of one thing that you're like, okay, I, I understand now. I understand why he called me. 
back into this. Yeah, that that also came. There's a long story to go along with that, but I won't use it. But back in 01, when we first started doing the outreach, I was kind of a stay-at-home dad. With at that time, my wife had a really good job, and she after we had our first son, and I was uh, so I'd stay home and do side work on the side, and when he would nap, I would pray. So one day he was taking a long nap, and for about three hours, God and I just spoke on the floor of my bedroom and just wrote everything down that he was telling me. And the journal is still there, but basically he laid out his vision for our ministry from that day until the future, all the way through. And uh, one of them was involved real estate. There were things that had involved with helping people get off the streets by helping them get into real estate, whether it be agent or buying and selling and finding creative ways. That that kind of left a little bit vaguely, but the vision that I've taken from it is that I want to start building in the real estate this time in. I want to build a real estate team using the people that we work with mm-hmm. on the streets through our nonprofit. That is so, so find somebody that's got incredible. a little, I can see potential or if yeah. that God leads us to it, then uh, take care of whatever it takes to get them their license and then help them get off the streets. Love that. So Love that. I mean, what a difference, you know, and I, you're, you're switching perspective. You know what I mean? You're not just out there giving or serving others. You're also going, Hey, how can I help change your future? You know, how can I, how can I transform, help you, you know, be here for you to transform, see that potential and go, Hey, you can do this. Hey, let's, you know, let's, let's have a future. Let's, let's go, let me guide you. And yeah, that's really neat. It's easy to go out and hand money to people or hand food to people and all that. We kind of tried to figure out how much money and stuff we'd given away over the years. It's well into the millions that we've given away. And most of it is people donate stuff and things like that. But we get, we've given away so much stuff. But if you just give it, and give them a handout instead of like you're saying a handout. Yeah. Uh, you're just entertaining yourself, and because it, it feels good to help yeah. people. And if you don't help them come along, can I do one story? Yeah. Oh my uh, gosh, absolutely. So that's that's why you're here. <laughs> there was a there was a couple that was living in abandoned buildings, and we probably found them in about five or six different abandoned buildings downtown. They were known as Ma and Pa. And because they were one of the few couples that you find couple homeless. Yeah. And they were drunk every time I ever saw them. And it was probably two or three years we had known them. And uh, one time we were driving down on 55 South, Quinta City. And I just, just clear as God said, don't tell them you're not going to give them anything else. Because we'd put them up in hotels when they said they had a job interview. And they didn't. They never got the jobs. So... He said, you're not going to give them anything else until they're sober. Mm-hmm. And we pulled up, and they were there, and they were drunkards, gunks, and we started talking to them. And I just said, look, guys, God just told me on the way down here to talk to you about this. I'm not going to give you anything else. You can have anything that we have in the back of our truck, but nothing above that until I see you sober. And they cried and they said how they're they we don't drink because we're alcoholics we drink to stop the shaking <laughs> i'm like uh, that's because you're an alcoholic yeah. Yeah. yeah and so we didn't see him again for two years two years after di- that conversation it they was disappeared two years. oh my gosh okay. and and then they uh i was up on stage singing 
at the church I was at. at uh, yeah, Brent also was a singer and part of the worship team, so he's kind of a jack of all trades. This was a I'll different. In there. This was a different <laughs> uh, different church, but it was. I was on stage and I was leading the song, so uh, I'm I'm singing and I, I saw a guy walk in in a, in a military full dress uniform. And I couldn't get my eyes off the guy. Didn't recognize him. Had no idea who he was. But I couldn't take my eyes off him. And then his wife come walking in late behind him. And I recognized her. It was Ma and Pa. And they walked in. I put the mic down and walked off stage. And somebody oh, else had to my. take it. But uh, he told me that the day after we left that night, he checked himself into rehab. And he... He was in rehab at the VA because he was a vet. And uh, they came in and said, look, you're almost aged out, but if you sign up for reenlistment, we'll, we'll train you to be a heavy equipment operator or whatever. He was going to be a truck driver. Train you for a truck driver if you go back in now. So he went back through. When he got out of his training, he came to say goodbye to us before he left. Now, I haven't seen him since. Wow. Because, you know, he was going over to Iraq at that time. What but a story. That was just, you know, listening to God and acting on what he says. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, he I does mean, miracles with that. I mean, I yeah. prayed for a guy. Uh, I asked him if he wanted to get off the streets, but I said, you you too. He was always drunk. I said, I'll, I'll help you with anything I can, but I'm not going to, you know, give you anything that outside of that again. And, but I tell you what, if you stay, if I don't see you drunk for a year, I can let you, I'll let you work for me when I was doing the contracting and you can live in a house that I have. And I, I prayed for that night right before I left. I said that he would not drink alcohol or even the smell of alcohol would make him sick to his stomach. And that's all I prayed. Not some super, I'm not a long prayer. I don't come in with all that big words, but I said, you know, I prayed that you make him sick to his stomach anytime he smells or tastes alcohol. And then I drove away. And left him down there on the streets. And for a year, he was never drunk again. Oh so God. I let him move in with me with our, into that house, and he worked with me for a few years. And uh, I asked him one day, I said, how come you stopped drinking? He said, oh, no, I just, it just didn't, like, it didn't smell bad. And it made me sick to my stomach whenever I tasted oh, it. Oh, wow. And he didn't, re- he, didn't know I, he didn't remember my prayer. I said, Jerry, do you remember my prayer? What? I prayed those exact words before we left that day. Oh, yeah. Huh. Oh, it's so cool. So That's, cool. Yeah, God, I, I mean, obviously we know that. He still does miracles, but what awesome stories. And, and to be obedient to that, you know, to God telling you and then you sharing it, you being bold enough. I mean, you could have just kept it to yourself and, and hidden, you know, behind the scenes or not. If you wouldn't have spoken those words, even to that first couple, you know what I mean? That was you being a witness and you sharing literally God's message for them through mm-hmm. you and allowing God to use you and look at what it did. I mean, it was, it was an eye opener and that, you know, that wasn't Brent. That was, you know, God using Brent, but, yeah. um, definitely wasn't me. Yeah. I just listened. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. and I think that, you know, obviously that ties into real estate also, you know, and the clients that, that you encounter and I'm sure, and I'm not necessarily going to ask you for, for a specific situation or, you know, but I think that that happens in this for sure. I mean, in any business, but, you know, we deal with people a lot and we deal with hurt people and we deal with people that are going through things. And, um, obviously there's that line, you know, there's a, there's a teeter, there's a line of going, okay, I can, I can share this with somebody, but if God is speaking to you to share, you know, a message to a specific client or even a, an affiliate, you know, somebody that we, or a coworker, 
um, to be able to always be open to that and always be open to listening and hearing God and saying, like, what, what do you want from me today? Who, who, who are you putting in front of me that I'm supposed to share something with? Yeah, sometimes the conversations while you're going around is more important than the houses you're looking at. That's right. That's a, yeah. That's a, they may never buy. They might buy for sale. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's possible. Yeah. Um, so kind of, and this is a little little off, and that's not anything that I you know that we kind of talked about before. But I'm kind of curious now after talking about this. So, I mean, you're downtown. You're at these places. Uh, can be dangerous, I'm sure, or maybe feel that way, or people have a, a stigma that it is. But I feel like that can be similar for real estate also, depending on, you know, the areas we go and, you know, vacant homes. Um, obviously, you – I don't want to say obviously because our listeners probably don't know, but <laughs> you do teach conceal and carry. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you ever feel uh, – had, had you ever felt fearful or threatened, you know, in either of those situations, either being downtown or showing homes? And, and what, do you, what do you tell people? What would be your thing, especially in real estate? And in real estate I mean, I know we have a lot of safety courses, but is there one thing that you would, you know, really urge – agents who are in our position to to do something that they should do or that they should know? Well, for, for agents, it's just always be aware as much as you can. I mean, there's never a perfect way to avoid it. But like when we go in a lot of vacant houses and they can, even if you're in a nicer area, if you're not in the downtown where it's dangerous, downtown where everybody's afraid to go, or, you know, those places even in a normal town, someone can walk in there, be living in the basement, and you can surprise them. So it's just looking for obvious signs that there's something unusual. And, I mean, if, I'm, if I am carrying then I'm, and I'm going into a vacant house, I always get there early. Yeah. And I always walk it by myself ready. So if there's anything in there that I can, one, make sure that the clients that are coming are not at risk. I'm that's one good. that's – I'm not afraid of dying, so I'm willing to give <laughs> – I'm willing to sacrifice myself for other people. Yeah. I do my time the same way. Sometimes I got to find that happy balance. I think that's one thing that I really like about real estate is that I'm not the richest realtor by any means, but I had the flexibility to do the thing that God's called me to do and still make a good living. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So intertwines well together. Yeah, and yeah. as far as going down on the streets, yeah, where we go is pretty crazy. Uh, it's not usually as crazy as it has been in the past. Like we used to go into all abandoned buildings, and we don't do it at night because that's when they're there. Mm, yeah, you know, it's harder to find them when they're wandering the streets. So we'd go when they where we knew they slept. Yeah, but yeah, we've been. Well. I've been in several drive-bys. Uh, Holy smokes! We've had. I've had two people come at me, one with a knife, one with an axe handle. So it's a good grief. Yeah, a, I mean, you death wish? No. <laughs> you're just not scared, to, but you're like, call, I know I know Jesus and call to he's going to take care of me. Yeah. Whatever happens. Michelle hates yeah. it when I say that. That's my wife, in case you don't know. But, uh, yeah, she hates it when I say I'm, it doesn't matter. I'm willing to go. If, if I'm going to go and I get to choose, I want to do it doing something I love. Yeah. I always say I want to go out in a blaze of glory and have a great funeral. Yeah. So Love it. Yeah, good stuff. So, uh, scripture. I always ask everybody if there is, you know, a one life scripture that you all tend to always cling to, or if there's, you know, even a scripture that you know maybe got you through a time. So now it just it just it's it's with you. Um, do you have what? I know you have several. I mean, it's hard and it's hard. There's a lot of good scripture out there, yeah, but if you had to narrow it down, yeah. 
What, what it's would a big be book. Yeah. <laughs> um, James 5, 17, and 18 is the one I always kind of, that's like my book go-to. James, so that's good. my go-to one. Because uh, that's the one that says, uh, you know, Elijah was a man just like me, and he prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't for three years. Then he prayed again, and it rained. I've always been a big, I'm a believer in miracles. I've seen so many. I mean, it's just to watch God move. And we prayed for a lady, me and the guy that started this. We prayed for a lady in Belgrade, Florida. She had came back that day. There's a long story about how we found her. But we were led to her specifically. And we couldn't find her. She wasn't there when we went to the house. Then a car pulled up, and the kid that had seen her face in a vision I said, is that her? And she said, yeah. So we, I told her what the son had found. He said, do you need prayer for something? We feel God's lettuce for you. Yeah, I just came from the hospital. I'm supposed to have a heart valve transplant replacement. But the uh, doctor had a patient had a heart attack, so she had to stop it. And I have to go back in the morning. So I said, well, there's 15 of us. Can we fit in your house to pray for you? Sure. So we went in and we prayed for her. We left. She knew where we were at. The next day, we were having our vacation Bible school in the church, and she came flying through the doors. And the doctor, before the surgery, did another ultrasound to make sure what's going on. And her heart valve was working perfect. Wow. And then he went in and did a scope just to verify, and he said, your heart looks like it's a heart of a 30-year-old. She was in her 70s. Oh, my gosh. So he's like, "Oh, so she, cool. t- she told the doctor, they prayed for me. Oh, <laughs> I think so I got cool. a new heart. So Wow. Oh, yeah. that so was, good. So good. It's not anything that we do as believers. It's just being willing to let God move, flow through you. Yeah. Well, and and walk by faith. And not get get cocky about it. Because I know some people, when they start, when God starts using them, then they go, you know, their chest puffs up and they're like, oh man, I'm really, I'm really important because God's using me. Yeah. That's when you start losing it. Do you ever feel, um, in this industry that it's difficult to be a Christian or are you, I mean, obviously you're bold and uh, don't seem like you, like you care a whole lot about, you know, other people's necessarily their opinions or their uh, judgments. But I mean, do you, do you ever personally feel like it's difficult in this industry or, I mean, obviously also in the world is a little bit more broad, but. Yeah. I think more, I'm more conscientious of it, of what people think about me in the church Mm. than I am outside. Yeah. And I'm, you know, whether it's whether I'm singing or whether I'm, whatever I'm doing, I always feel like I'm people. It's me. It's I know it's not people thinking it, but in my head I'm like, what are they thinking? But when I'm out, whether it's at work or something, I don't shy back from what I think, and I don't, I don't push it. I don't try. I just let everybody know what I do, and I just found that the best way for my personality to reach out. Yeah, I'm not saying other people that are more bold about it are worse or not doing the right yeah. thing, but that's how I do it. Yeah. I just, and I tell stories. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's what we need people to know is that just because we're Christians and whether it's real estate or, you know, mortgage or something completely unrelated, um, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that we're going to Bible thump you. It doesn't mean that we're going to sit there and go, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, Jesus, you know, like a, come, come and know him, you know, and I, yeah. I, I, I think I'm not going to, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think a lot of people feel that way, but I do think that there are select people that are like, oh, I don't know. If I use him, is he going to just talk to me about Jesus the whole time? And it's like, no, that's not that's not how we do things. We we respect that you don't. We want you to know him. Yeah. We want everybody to know him, but we respect that 100%. you may not. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I think it's cool. Like God's moved just little ways about like I've been able to help in the four years that I've been doing it second to this time, I've helped four or three missionaries that were moving back for health reasons or this and that other different reasons. I was able to help them. Oh, and sweet. we had, you know, some great times talking and praying about which house to buy and this, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, he, God, I think gives us those little easy ones and the really fun ones yeah. just kind of get you through the rest. reminder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know I, I always kind of joke at, and I don't, I don't know. But um, <laughs> that's why you, that's like, why this isn't live. I'm like you know I always joke that I love working with you know Christian. Not saying I don't love working with non Christians either, but you know I think with most of them, if not all of them, in my experience, there's been a um, hey you know let's pray about it, and if it's supposed to happen, it's supposed to happen, and and it, and it does you know, and it, I feel like it kind of takes the pressure off me because they know that I can't control it. I we can guide them. We can guide them. I mean, that's our job is to give them if, you know, if they're putting an offer in on a house and has multiple offers, hey, we have, we can guide you and tell you, you know, tell you the best thing to do to try to, to try to win it and get that house. But ultimately at the end of the day. Just offer a million over ask right. and you're good to go. <laughs> and, and, and a brand new, you know, $5,000 puppy. And, you know. <laughs> Just give me a number. I'll pay that. Right. Right. Yeah. So very cool. So is there a, what's a tip that you could leave either buyers or sellers or both or neither that you either a question maybe you answer all the time or something that you found people should should know and they don't know, what would be a tip that you'd want to leave uh, with anyone listening? That wasn't one of the questions. I, <laughs> uh, I think about that one. Buyers, sellers. I think it's kind of like you were saying maybe, even that, is to not get so wrapped up in the process that you forget to have fun. Yeah. I mean, you're buying a house that you're going to live in, a property you're going to live in, or you're going to rent out or whatever it is, but it's it's supposed to be a fun thing, I think. Yeah. But I think we've gotten so much, all the paperwork and now the everybody's got to get every last penny out of this deal and as cheap as they can. So win-win negotiating and enjoy the process. Good. That's good. That's good advice. I, it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I mean, it. <laughs> It can be stressful, but if you let yourself stress about it too much, you're missing out on the best, you yeah. know, one of the best parts. Yeah. 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 You get, there stuff. are places where you need to get stressed out, you know, when yeah. something starts falling apart and inspections go south and crazy stuff like that. But yeah. Good reminder for agents, too. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it. it I, am I perfect at it? I guarantee <laughs> I'm not perfect at it because I've had several sleepless nights and thinking of, oh, man, what should I do about this? What, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I cover up my – I'm very even-keeled on the outside, but on the inside I can get – I'm constantly thinking. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say you're pretty even-keeled. But I think that's I think that's a real estate agent's nature on the inside is to kind of always have – the well, mind's all, the mind's always going. And doing ministry <laughs> in a war zone is also the uh, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. If I'm the leader and somebody comes and does something – like the guy who chased me with a knife in New Orleans. My job is to get that knife away from the kids that I had in the bus behind me. Yeah. So if I don't if I don't react well, people can die. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. We don't want that. Well, Brent, thank you so much. I'm gonna go ahead and pray. Okay. Pray awesome. for you, and we'll pray us out. So, all right. Lord, thank you so much for uh, this time with Brent. Uh, God, I just thank you for 
Brent first and foremost and everything that he's doing, God, what you've called him to do um, in the real estate world, but Lord, even more importantly, uh, for your ministry, God, that's uh, that's really what uh, this is all about. This is what he's called to do. And so, God, I just thank you for the opportunities that you are constantly putting in front of Brent and the people that cross his path. Uh, Lord, I pray that each day that Brent encounters, whether it's clients or people on the mission field, Lord, that you just continue to use him and give him wisdom and protection, safety, Lord, first and foremost, just just constantly protect him as he's going out there and doing what you want to do. We know that you have a plan and a purpose for his life, and we don't know what that plan is. Uh, but of course, we ask uh, just for safety, Lord, for health. God, we thank you uh, that you're using him, and uh, we thank you for his stories. God, we 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 thank you that he is open enough to uh, be still, to listen to you, and then most importantly, to be obedient to your calling. God, I just pray that you uh, bless his business, help him be prosperous. And just continue to guide him um, every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Faith in Business with Noreen. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Until next time.